Hello, and thank you for listening to the More and More Everyday podcast. I am Summer, one of your co-hosts. I am an oral historian, and I teach at a wonderful community college in South Phoenix, Arizona. If you have found your way to this podcast or blog, you might already know a little bit about us. If not, I have a few nuggets of information that might help you out. To start, this is our very first attempt at podcasting. If you listen from the beginning, you're going to hear us interviewing students, teachers, and experts around the country who are grappling with the realities of the year 2020. We're talking COVID-19, quarantine, and social change. But you're also going to be hearing us learn how to do a podcast. We have had an awesome opportunity to really engage in this learning experience. But that means we've had some blunders and some changes and some weird sound issues along the way. Um, And that's just kind of par for the course when you're learning to do something new. We brought in new music and new audio and new equipment, as well as a new co-host. See, when we started in March 2020, the hosts were myself, Summer, and Cody. Uh, We're a husband and wife team who were reaching out to teachers and students around the country. Later, Cody moved on to the production side of the podcast, and Andrea, an expert on race, racism, and culturally relevant teaching, joined us in front of the mic. So if you want to experience this thing the whole way, by all means, start from the pilot and listen to the entire thing. Some of my favorite podcasts are the ones that begin with the hosts not having a clue what they're doing. It's a great way to learn and engage with the content and the people. But if not, we get that too. Andrea and I encourage you to check out some of our favorite episodes. Episode 7, You're Not Working From Home, an interview with sociologist and professor Rebecca Barrett-Fox. Episode 16, Connect First, Teach Second. That's my conversation with middle school teacher Stephanie Burke-Liggett. Episode 23, It's Not the Great Equalizer, with race researcher and professor Jean Beeman. Episode 27 is a conversation with Andrea and me before Andrea came on the show, and it gave us a really good idea that she would be an excellent co-host. Episode 30, The Possibilities Are Amazing, with scholar and professor Timothy K. Eatman. And then finally, episode 32, Summer and Andrea's second weekly recap together. Our podcast has two major parts, the by the book interviews with professors, teachers, students, and experts, along with weekly recaps. These are conversations where the co-hosts discuss our analyses in real time based on who we interviewed that week. Last thing, thank you again for listening and supporting our work. You'll find that it's a little bit oral history, a little bit research, a little bit teaching, and tons of boots on the ground learning. Each month, Andrea and I pledge to make donations matching any new followers, subscribers, or reviews we get on Spotify or iTunes or any of the other platforms where you find your podcasts. So you can support us and these great causes by suggesting us to your friends, leaving us a review or following us on iTunes or Spotify and suggesting us to other educators you know. We'd love to interview you. We'd love to hear from your students. And we'd also just love your feedback and your support in general. This podcast is brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project. You can find us at southphoenixoralhistory.com, SMCC History on social media, or send us an email, historysouthmountain at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the show. Necessity is the mother of invention, so get ready for a mother of a ride. Gas up your laptops, your tablets, and devices, cause our asses are all quarantined inside. More and more every day, the world just feels so very far away. Less and less things to do, so pull up a chair and let us talk to you. I'm Summer. And I'm Cody, and this is the More and More Everyday Podcast. He's a fifth grade teacher. She's a historian. And this is a daily blog and interview series brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in the COVID-19 era. Welcome. I am Summer. I'm Cody. And this is the More and More Everyday Podcast, which is hosted by the South Phoenix Oral History Project. It's an effort to capture and preserve the stories of teachers and students who are teaching and learning in the COVID-19 era. So today we don't have a guest, but we're going to 
launch our our pilot podcast episode in the coming days. And so we're going to try it out and and interview each other and see how this goes. I can't wait. (laughs) Me neither. So, Cody, should we explain why it's called the More and More Everyday Podcast? We should explain what we're doing, why we're here today, I think. Okay. We'll get into that, too. But we are we are trapped at home. <laughs> we've been we've been ordered to stay home as much as possible. So you have to do something with your time. Yeah, and yeah, we why do. Not, why not talk about it? Yeah, um, and so what we historically the reason we're trapped at home for people who are listening to this in the, <laughs> in the future and don't know anything about COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. yeah, right. or people who are living under a rock right now. Um, is uh, so the, the coronavirus. <laughs> they live in a rock, but they don't have access to it. They they don't even know about a podcast. They know what a podcast is, but they don't know what COVID is. <laughs> yeah, they know if you know what a podcast is, and you're listening to this, but you don't know what COVID nineteen is. That's a problem. We have other issues, <laughs> um, but no, COVID nineteen is um, is is caused by the a coronavirus, um, and it's a very infectious and easily caught and easily passed on disease. And so um, nationwide and global, globally, people are being asked to stay home for an, really an undetermined amount of time to slow the spread of the disease, which is um, likely going to get us all. It's going to get everybody. It's going to get us all. It's going to get us all. It's the big one. So as teachers, I teach college. I teach fifth grade. So as teachers, we've essentially been removed from our ordinary daily teaching lives. So we've been um, moved off of campus. We're conducting all our business online. Um, my classes are persisting online. Uh, some of them regular schedule. Others are starting in a couple of weeks um, in an online format. But Cody, what's going on with your school? Uh, we've gotten as far away from that germ-infested building as possible. I think if you think about how many students, kids come onto a campus every day and, and at every school and um, there's, you know, almost a thousand kids and 60 teachers and and not just that like parents are coming on so you know it's a it's a breeding ground and it's a great place to commune on germs so yeah uh the, the fact that we stay away from there is probably the best thing for now um i know we spent a little time cleaning before we left but you know i don't think it's anywhere up to snuff of where it needs to be what are they what are you how are you teaching right now like what are they oh. what do they what's your schedule like now so we are working from home officially um, we want to make sure that we are trying to provide students with learning opportunities that are not required, but they are something that students can, can do and families can take part in to continue learning. Um, and we could talk more about it later, but like just the, the, what's going to happen, you know, in a few months from now, what's that called? The, the, the fallout of all this Oh yeah. educational fallout, you know, years from now, you know, and kids aren't going to be, um, I think what I heard was that they're going to be able to move on to the next grade level. They're just going to be passed. If they make it. Oh, if we all, if the big one doesn't hit. And, um, wow. Yeah. So, um, but we still need to provide, we still like to provide them with some kind of learning opportunities, we call it, mm-hmm. but not requirements. Mm-hmm. Okay. For now. So, until we know more. So, um, what we're planning to do with this podcast, and we've started doing it actually over this week, is we're, we're interviewing teachers and students about their experiences when it comes to working and learning and teaching in the COVID-19 era. Um, and we're finding that people are doing really great stuff, right? But that there's also this sort of sense of isolation and fear and worry and anxiety. And, and when you're kind of stuck in your own home and you're in your own head, it can it can be a little scary. So the, the uh, intent of the podcast is to reach out and communicate with, with people we care about, people that um, people whose lives are effect, affected by this, but also to like, you know, put it out there for preservation's sake, right? That these are the real experiences of people, uh, at least in, in Arizona. Yeah. And like, that's how we've conducted our meetings with, with people is through, you know, online technologies. And yeah, it it's interesting. That's for sure. Because you have to kind of almost speak in a whole new way too. You know, you have to, yeah. uh, you have to like let someone finish. You know, it's almost like there's a lot of more people have to like pause and then someone else has to jump in there. So there's there's some getting used to on the online component. That's so interesting because I think that typically meetings, when I think about sitting around a table with a group of colleagues, as one person starts to trail off, another person picks up. Oh, they away. jump in all the yeah. time. They jump in. Yeah. And you have, you try to be patient. And then, then, then the point is 
gone. But I think that's like, I mean, I just did it to you. How funny. But but I think that it's like a, a communication style that we as a culture have. I don't think that it's like one or two people are just obnoxious. Like, thinking, no, no. you know what I mean? But, and so now with the online stuff, we you're right. There has to be a pause between every speaker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you just did it. Yeah, the uh, I you know people already know what they're going to say before you finish. You know what you're going to say, and yeah, um, that's just the culture we have. And there's some study about that. I don't know. Can't tell you more about it, but um, well, we let's let's interview each other. Let's yeah. do what we're going to do with our friends and colleagues. So um, the first question I like to ask is is just how are you? How is this going? I'm okay. Uh, this this whole being at home thing is I like my home I like being home I, I like to be see, looking around and seeing it's like I only got to see on the weekends before you know and you know being home all day is, is it's interesting it's a new take on everything um, I like it but I also know that there's a sense of guilt and like I should be at work right now this isn't this isn't right you know I should be doing something and I'm fortunate enough that you know I don't have like crazy neighbors and things like that. So I'm able to stay home and it's no big deal, but, um, or like I'm not living in an apartment, you know, with people even closer confines. Um, but you know, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the time in the break and and I think that's kind of a lot of people have that, but they also realize that, Oh, we have work to do. Uh, and we feel every day we, we miss out on, we feel like we're getting farther behind. Yeah, I can imagine that with a K through twelve, especially. <laughs> and it's like, especially how things were going for the past six months, whatever. It was just like every day there was like fifteen things extra to do. Yeah. And now there's not. Yeah, I think that's so funny how like how dead our schedules feel. Yeah, and know? and it's okay. Everything's it is canceled. okay. Yeah, it everything's is okay. canceled. It's fine <laughs> for you guys. It's canceled for us. It's all everything's moving online. So and they extended the spring break for like four weeks. Ugh. So well, three weeks, I think. So all we're supposed to be doing right now is getting our classes online. But people like me who like already have several classes online mm-hmm. and have taught two of the classes I'm migrating, I've already taught them online. So I had canvas shells, I had everything built. Mm-hmm. So it's like, not only is there nothing to do, it's also like, for me, it's like, I don't want to bother anybody. Hmm. You know, like they have too much. They have a lot to do. I have little to do. Can't imagine what they're thinking. Yeah. The you know? People that are, are ill-prepared. Yeah. Did I ask you how you were? Um, I'm so much better this week. I've started thinking of weeks in terms of Wednesdays to Wednesdays because um, for me, mm. like, it, and we'll talk about this Pumped in a minute, it. but like everything seemed to change for me on my, uh, March 11th, which was a Wednesday. Um, that first week was really, really, those first seven days were really hard. Um, emotional, confused, right? Like dis- disconnected um, from the things I love and the people I love. Besides you, of course. We- mm-hmm. um, so today's good. And I think part of it's because we've, we've got this little project we've started. And I've started blogging every day through South Phoenix Oral History Project. I'm interviewing people. Um, I'm doing the things that I've been doing for two years, just not with the people I used to do it with mm. and not in the spaces I used to do them in. So the familiar has helped. Um, I also have been in constant communication with my students, so I don't feel near as, like, isolated. But uh, you did call your par- the parents. Yeah, I got a call of the parents. And in the most part, they said everyone's, everyone's fine and good. It's just good. they're just having to put up with the child children and like yeah. worry about their own jobs, you know, and... I, I do have, I feel, I don't know, empathy? It's the right word. Empathy's right because you're feeling it for them and with yeah. them in a way. Yeah. I can't imagine what they have to go through right now. So um, what's been a high of this experience and what has been a low of this experience? Hmm. The high of the experience is it's a, it's a great time of year to be home. Yeah, you know, true. it's it's not like 125 degrees outside. It's not 50 degrees, 40 degrees outside. You know, it's yeah, it's a great time that you can be home and be outside and and, and just actually seeing a lot of the people, seeing people uh, having fun and, and distancing themselves, but but also like going on like family walks and things like that. Um, it's been really 
It'll be fun to see. And I'm just taking see. a picture of him. That's why he's distracted. I'm see trying to get a picture of him talking while also, cool hood on. also talking to the kid, the puppy. But she left. Okay, sorry. So seeing people. Seeing people has been really a high. <laughs> uh, just the great time of year it's been. Just because people are taking advantage of it, even though they're not supposed to be. Um, and no, I think people are supposed to be taking advantage of the home time. They're just not supposed to gather in large groups. Okay. So then, yeah, that's that's been pretty nice. I don't think they want us all to like be home like... Doing nothing. Doing nothing and like <laughs> knitting. You know, like I think they want us to stay home as much as possible, but like get fresh air, stay healthy, right? Mm. I, um, I've i been able to uh, do some home projects. That's been kind of fun. And I've been able to uh, do some hobbies. So that's been good to keep, keep people busy. And um, yeah, so I think that's been a high for me. It's just all the time you have to... To mm-hmm. experience the, the riding my riding my bike or, or you know doing what, things around here. What's the low? Uh, there are many lows. Um, the one thing is that you know just the uncertainty in, in your mind every day, the anxiety you wake up with, like what's really going on, you know? And, yeah. and people are actually dying, yeah. you know. And this is no time to be this is no time to be playing around, you know. But people are there's there's people that are suffering and people that are suffering in in their own way like i think with the parents and the students like what they're doing all day long and and so this that and then is is pretty tough to deal with uh like in, in my mind um also like the not having a set schedule every day like i used to wake up at five and i would get at school by six fifteen or six thirty, and i would be having my coffee and, and ready to go by the time the kids came and um, we had a day and, and um, but it was always till a certain point and then we tell like you know we work until till you know 4 30 and then it was like come home and there was the, there was that routine and that was a it's taxing routine a little bit but um, once yeah but so that's kind of tough not having a schedule and people are struggling and yeah it's uh, I mean, I guess that's pretty much the lowest of the low. Yeah. Which in in broad spectrum, is just not that low. It just those are all personal things. You don't like worrying about other people. That's that's on me. It's not like my foot's falling off, you know. <laughs> yeah, but if your foot was falling off, like not maybe not today, but like you would know it was happening. You would know how long you would have <laughs> your foot, and you would know how to fix it. But like for me, one of the lows of this whole experience has been like the the fear and the unknown of like what how long will this last how long till I get like so one of the things I never realized I liked so much was like get, being in a big room with lots of people mm-hmm. right and people you know that you and and like hugging people that you want to hug like I never was a not big, anymore I never thought I was a big hugger but like the idea of not hugging for an undetermined amount of time is really like hard for me like it's hard to imagine going back for say oh hi sweetie that's the doggy going back for say graduation or convocation when um when we get back together in the fall mm-hmm. and like not not hugging people that i am so excited to see again you oh my know? gosh it's so funny it's like a really sad like and i know it's <laughs> like you said it's not like my foot's falling off but it's like that is a low for me the the unknown the disruption of what feels normal and good and and right you know human beings for me seem like a we're a collective culture we 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 want to hold and touch and and be you know together um and the idea of that not being what we do anymore i'm smiling um but the other lows have been i I have three lows and they're more i call them more triggers than lows uh, the grocery store has been a low for me because mm. it's so scary. Like you park, you walk in and you're like, I don't know if they're going to have whatever bananas. And you walk in and you're like, oh, they have bananas. You know, it's yeah. like this like stupid roller coaster of emotion. Or you're like, oh no, they don't have bananas. Like, what are we going to do? Plantains. It's this like really horrible instant feeling. And so, um, that's been a low, uh, as you know, we're really well. I'm really close with my parents. I think you're pretty close Ugh. with my parents, and um, close with your family. And and the idea of not seeing people I love for fear that, and I know I said this before, but like for for fear that like I may infect them with a, a pathogen I don't even know I have. Mm. So it's like 
it's in my best interest and theirs if I don't see the people I love the most. Like, yeah. that to me is so freaking opposite of of what I what I think is normal and good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other low, as you know, uh, we had this huge oral history project that we we've been working on for two years. Our college is celebrating its 40th anniversary, which is this humongous milestone. And um, we were we had an event planned for this coming Friday that was supposed to launch, mm-hmm. you know, the 40th anniversary celebrations for the the coming year. And we had to cancel it. Yeah. And I had important VIPs. Postpone. Well, yeah, postpone, I suppose. But we had important VIPs coming. We had, you know, we we'd been promoting it since October. It's just like such a bummer. So yeah. that was a real big low. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and that's that stinks because there's so many cancellations of everything. Yeah, everything's canceled. And everything, and yeah, I know how hard you worked in that event, and and but then you think about everything else that's canceled, postponed, moved, yeah. moved to updates. But who knows if those dates are ever going to happen? You know, and we yeah. would think now that we know a little bit more about this virus and how it's spreading and what we can do to control it, but. But part of what we can do to control it is to limit group interaction. Uh, That's horrible. Like I think about what's going to happen with group interactions. I know, like concerts from now on, games, uh, people events. hugging. Are we going to hug any more people? Like, are we just going to like make a new way to hug? I don't want to. New I want to hug. I need to hug. Ugh. Like a, what we call it, like a high sandwich or high high space or something. You know. The another low, and this is related, is we've been having all these Zoom meetings, which are fine, you know, but like. There's this bizarre moment where you like log in and you see these people that you, I mean, really only haven't seen each other for like three weeks at this point. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're strangers. So they're people you know really well, coworkers, students, whatever. And there's like a feeling of I'm not alone, right? You're like, oh my gosh, there's whoever, right? Like there's my boss or there's my, whatever, my student or whatever. And so you connect and then you realize like, this is so freaking like surreal. Like this person is not really here. They're over there and they're mm-hmm. on their screen. And I may like, so for me, like Friday we had a, we had a, a meeting and it was on zoom and I was so happy to see some of my colleagues. And then, and it was like, Oh, we're, you know, we're all together. There we are. It's great. And then it was over. Like the meeting ended. Yeah. And it ends so abruptly. There's no like goodbyes. It's just over. Oh my god, you're so right. And then they and then the meeting ends. The host always ends. And then you sit in the room and you're like, I'm alone. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm alone. I'm not. I'm not in this group of people anymore. Yeah, it's and and even you even then you weren't with them because they were just they were just pictures on your screen. That's exactly my point. Like you're like, well, was I ever? Was I ever not alone? Am I always going to be alone? It's just the uh, the uh, you know. Uh, I don't know. You're reality, multitasking. Reality, so. <laughs> the reality of like, oh, we're really in a meeting, but we're really not. No, yeah, we're not. And why don't we just do all our meetings from this point forward? I'm gonna when I when we go back, oh, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna zoom in to the rest of these meetings. I'll be from my classroom. I'm I not gonna... do think that's a high, right? Is that like some meetings that we waste an hour on, mm-hmm. sitting in a room, getting yeah. nothing accomplished? Yep. I think some things will transition to more telecommuting based. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not coming in today. I'm going to be, uh, I'm gonna be zooming I'm gonna this one zoom in. zoom in this one. All right. So, oh, uh, next question. Highs and lows, okay. Um, did we do all our highs and lows? I think so. Okay. So, the next question is, I'm a historian, as you know, and historians like to look for two, what? well, several things, but they like to look for watershed moments or like catalyst moments, things, things that were an impetus for change. So, mm. like a smoking gun kind of, right? We also like to look for change over time, so long patterns. This obviously is a watershed situation, right? Like COVID-19 happened and everything changed. So it's, mm. a, it's a watershed. But I'm looking more at the minutia of individual experiences, wanting to know when you look back on the last couple of weeks, what was your watershed moment? Like what was a moment where you were like, and we could talk personally or professionally, it's up to you. Yeah. What was it? Stop. What was it? What are you planning to do to my mic? No, I'm just checking it out. Okay, good. I'm listening. I'm listening. What was the watershed moment where you were like, it used to be this way and now it's this way? Uh, that's a great question. Um, to me, it was when they uh, extended spring break for an extra mm-hmm. two weeks, so 27th of March. Like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah. What in the heck am I going to do for another two weeks? 
And what day is today? The 24th? 25th. 25th. So that's not bad. I mean, that's already been, that time has already passed mostly. But hearing from the governor and also from my work, that work was canceled for the next two weeks. Like, oh boy. Because we don't have, especially with work, with schools, like we don't have the technology right now for every kid to be on a laptop all the time learning from distance learning from home. That's just not feasible right now. And so Yeah, my sister's school just gave away not gave away, but they loaned a Chromebook to every student every single student. And I was like, Man, that must be nice. Like and I know they have that in other in we other have school districts every, too. One of my students has a Chromebook, but not all the kindergarten through third grade students are kindergarten. But through even through then second. you didn't get so part of you know how you, you know how they're passing things out mm-hmm. at your school. They they do that at other schools. At her school every kid got a bundle and one of the things was a Chromebook. Oh good. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. You could start kicking, cracking right there, man. Go get started. We, well, have, we yeah. have the technology platforms online. But think about this too, and I think about this with your your kids and your parents. You know that helps the family too, because then yeah. the kids can zoom in or the kids can Google Hangout with the with the computers. Hmm. But then they then like mom or dad could also borrow the Chromebook for yeah. for other stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I. Um, the yeah, so we have that technology, but not all my kids took their laptops home over break. Exactly, and they like, can't get them. You're like, I'm not taking that. I got one at home. Nah, yeah. or they don't have internet at home. Mm-hmm. Or their parents don't want to take them because they don't want things to get broken. They're five hundred dollars a piece. They don't That's want those true. things to break. So, um, so for you, it was the the governor or was, the. It was the governor, and actually, it was the next part was next thing was like when they asked us if we wanted to come in and get stuff. Oh yeah, you have a fifteen minute time window. Come in and get your stuff. By, by last name and um, so like going in there okay what's important this 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 and this is this really important no so I grabbed my like my my degrees off the wall my master's degree my, my bachelor's degree and then I grabbed like just a, uh, a few tchotchkes and like a portfolio of my work and that's all I took and then I had to take some like some work stuff just in case we were supposed to do some distance learning okay but I pretty much took just suitcase full of stuff that I thought was important. I do and think that that's the day I noticed you changed was the Wednesday the 18th. Everything changed. So it's like this is this is it. This is this is my teaching career in a in a bag right now, you know. And it's, like, it's not like I'm fired. It's not like I'm I did anything wrong. It's not like it's just you got to pack it up. And growing yeah. up in Arizona, you don't have to deal with like losing stuff with floods and losing stuff with tornadoes and losing stuff with yeah. you know, restarting and, and that's kind of in fire since like that. So like I've never had to deal with that kind of stuff, and not I would never have to, but yeah, um, just kind of thinking about what's important, and like you save all these things as a teacher. Teachers are are common hoarders. Yeah, it's so like I have cabinets full of just stuff. <laughs> I remember, I'm I remember like, oh that time God. I tried to clean your classroom, and I just started throwing things away. You were yeah. so mad. <laughs> yeah, and like I kind of want to go in there with a dumpster and just start throwing things away because I'm gonna do it later. I do want to get in there and start, and it's a let's. I've been in that same classroom for I think eight years, so it's like there's a lot of stuff. That you know it's cool and things that I thought was was important and now it's really not important in the big grand scheme of things. Like mm-hmm. people need to be able to grab everything they have and go if we we're going to be like nomadic people and move on to, to shelter and safety. But yeah, this thing, this this uh, the grocery stores are staying open and and you know it's not World War Six and it's it's all good. Maybe it's just we have to be patient and buy less and just be better about what we spend our money or what we. Um, be smarter with our groceries, things like that. I think I, I there's a couple watershed moments yeah, for me, and, and they're like they're like cascading, you know. So there's like this moment where you're like, oh, this could be this is weird, and then like, oh, this is this could really be a problem. Oh, this is a problem, right? So there's a couple like red like signposts. So I think when when I look back on this time, I'm going to remember on Tuesday the 10th, right? That was a completely Monday and Tuesday, 9th and 10th, were completely normal days, right? On Monday, I went to school. I worked for six hours at, at on campus. Then I met a colleague for lunch, and we sat at my favorite restaurant in town, which is crazy because it's like, mm. I love that restaurant, and I rarely go, so it was like my last chance in a way, and I had no idea. What did you eat? Um, I had a Nutella crepe because oh. <laughs> I wasn't eating meat at the time. Um, Incredible. Anyway, so uh, Nikki, my friend, said we were talking about it. She works in healthcare. And I I was like, what is this virus thing? Everyone's talking about it. It's so weird. Uh, Like what, how do we, how do, do we need to be prepared? Like it seems overdone or an overstated. She was like, Oh no, like you need to go get toilet paper. 
it was like Monday the 9th, right? And I'm like, what? I Why? You need to get toilet paper. Like, go get toilet paper. So that was Monday. Mm. Tuesday, my parents came over. Um, we had lunch with them. We all were kind of starting to feel a little weird. You know, like it was like, this is weird. Something's weird. And so that afternoon, you and I went shopping. And remember, I was like, you need to get a big thing of toilet paper. And you were sort of like, why? <laughs> it was just weird. Like, all right. I was like, just get a big one. Like, we we sometimes, we buy the big ones anyway. We don't buy the, like, four-pack. We always buy the big ones and then, you know, have them for a couple months. Just get it, and then we won't, we won't have to worry about the mad dash. So that was Wednesday. And that seemed, or that was Tuesday. So then Wednesday morning, you and I are both on spring break. I get an email from my vice president essentially saying they're going to extend spring break for one more week for all of our students face to face Mm -hmm. only. And that day was like, what is happening? You know what I mean? Like that was the day for me, March 11th, that I started to, I started to worry. Mm -hmm. I started to fret. I started to, I started to have a lot of fear around, you know, what if I never get to see my parents again? What if we run out of toilet paper? (laughs) What if, what if we don't, what if we're not prepared for a true quarantine? I had no idea what a quarantine would look like, right? I thought it was like, literally everything's closed. National Guardsmen are on, in your neighborhood, on your streets, not letting you leave your house. And so I started panicking because it's like, if Cody and I are home for the next six weeks, say, and we don't have any food to eat, like he'll eat all the, <laughs> he'll eat all the food that we need that will survive, right? Yeah. Well, we both will. Like, Oh no, all our canned goods are going to be gone before we need to use them. So that like that day was weird and then um things moved really quickly. We canceled our event. We had to I had to help people get their classes online. Um meetings are happening via Zoom and then and then like 50, 60, 70, 80 emails a day are coming out. Um we found out one of our beloved narrators from the oral history project yeah. had passed away. We weren't able to promote any sort of funeral or memorial. Service. I mean, it was just like a very, the 11th and 12th mm-hmm. were really hard days for me. I knew a lot of things with, with that. <laughs> like you were talking about with your colleague passing and, and also with like every event, people's weddings and people's yeah. birthdays and it's all canceled. And it's like, or people are doing it with like social distancing. Stinks. Yeah. That stinks. You know, it does stink because people die every day and they're going to have to go out in public, you know, and people have to do, do those things and yeah. handle business life, you know, and going out, it's, it's totally normal out there. It feels normal. just less traffic, I guess. It does feel normal, but that's, that's partly why the grocery store sucks so bad is that it doesn't feel normal. So yeah. everything feels normal until you go to something like that. Yeah. Okay, so I guess my watershed moment is Wednesday the 11th, and then the next watershed moment for me was probably, um, no, I think the 11th is when everything changed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I stopped being like, what is this? Like, it's just the flu, right? It's just the flu. That was what I, what I was thinking well, on some the- some people it is. Well, no, but on the, I'm talking about my, my, my thinking pattern. Yeah. On the 10th, it was like, it's just the flu. And on the 11th, it was like, lock all the doors, barricade, barricade the three of us, you know, four of us mm-hmm. counting killer, like in the house. Like, it, you know, it was just weird. It was a very yeah. strange day. So <clears throat> you are, this is a unique question for you because you're not quite here yet, but how are you- planning then for you how are you planning to stay in touch with or reach out to your students so right now it's it's a tough thing right now because you know students aren't adults they're kids and you're not supposed to be talking like that but you know we talk through to through their parents uh right now and we're trying to communicate through that because um, the parents want to know information too as far as <coughs> our, sorry go well, ahead. it's okay it's middle of my time no we don't no, please go ahead <laughs> i'm sorry is talking to the talking to the parents and getting to know for the most part the parents want uh, want help with like with giving kids some activities and learning opportunities things to do um, so the, the, there's no way to communicate right well, we're gonna try to use like Google classroom platforms mm-hmm. um, things like that or we're gonna try to use um, like remind which is through parents that sends them a text message. Um, and that's an app on your a, phone. Yeah, and that parents can sign up for. And I tried to sign up, and and now they're just bombarding me with email. Like, <sighs> leave, leave me alone. Gosh. Remind. I don't want. The, don't remind me anymore. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to use I think Google Classroom. Okay. Um, but we have um, there's 
like our math and our reading are all online. Mm-hmm. So we can, like there's platforms online, we could do it that way. We can, we could submit work that way. They can submit work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, just having like maybe send a weekly blast of like, here are some things you can work on this week to keep yeah. you, to keep yourself uh, sharp, keep your skills sharp. Good. But not every kid can do that. Because not every kid is going to get your email. Not every kid's going to get my email. And that's, that's not fair to all. You know, you want to be able, that's why nothing's required now. It's just want, just want to make sure that everything is uh, equitable to all, you know, and, and yeah. but it's not really reaching all. But parents should have a phone. If they have a kid in our school, they need to be able to be contacted. But um, so contacting through parents, trying to use Google Classroom, because the kids know how to use Google Classroom, but not every kid has their laptop and has the computer. So Sure. Or the... Like if they go home and try to use their home computer, they don't have the access code, the class code. They have to figure that out. So. Or the parents are Ugh, on the computer because they need to do that. It is a nightmarish situation um, <clears throat> that now I think in the future we will be way more prepared for because we will yeah. take the time to make sure, yeah. you know, starting next year or whenever we do it again, like make sure every kid has access to this hybrid like you guys do in your yep, school hybrid. hybrid that's what my division chair suggested he said from now on we should consider building every class we have as a hybrid class yeah wouldn't that be cool it's like and then you have especially with younger kids because it's going to be coming their way anyways you know they're going to need to be prepared for it when they get yeah. older anyways so switching to a hybrid model would be really cool but well, I uh, think. How are you communicating with you? Oh, oh sorry, sweetie. Go ahead. What do you think? Well, I think um, you guys have K through twelve have a harder barrier to, to cross because you really can't. I mean, maybe if they're high school kids, but you really can't be reaching out directly to minors. That that doesn't no. that doesn't seem like it's in anyone's best interest. <laughs> Which is funny because my instant reaction last week was to immediately directly call and text every single student that I, I had. But they're all adults, right? Yeah, totally different fine. deal. They have their own cell phone plan sometimes too. Yeah. You know? So that I will say, like I lucked out. So I've it never to be there, you know? I've been like a big um work life balance person Big time. because I've, I've never really liked I already am a workaholic so I don't want students having access to personal information of mine so like I never did a social media with students I never did um, I never gave my cell phone number I never get you know mm-hmm. unless they like worked for me yeah. well this year I carpooled with a friend on like the first week of school Andrea and mm-hmm. she was telling me that she gives her cell phone number out to her students and was like don't text me after 8 o'clock at night but you can always text you for questions on the homework. I'm like, they don't like take eight o'clock. I was like, they don't take advantage of that. She's like, no. So I did it this year. I was like, I'm just going to try it. Oh my God. Am I so glad I did that because now I have, for the most part, I have every single student's cell phone number, right? That's awesome. Yeah. So next year I'm going to have them, te- they have to text me. Like that's a requirement of, the, yeah. they have to send me a, an introductory text with their name and their phone number. Well, yeah. Because for me, like having all that access to them, like immediately to say, here's what we're going to, pers- how's we're going to persist from here on. Okay, Brittany. They have that access to you. And they have access to me right now. So mm. I've been using Zoom. Um, we met as a class. My face-to-face classes met as a class the first Tuesday when technically spring break was um, extended. Um, just to plan what we're going to do from now on. Yeah. And then I'm holding weekly meetings via Zoom on Tuesday mornings during our regularly scheduled class time. I started a group text with each class and I asked each student their permission so that I had a couple that opted out. They didn't want to be on the group text, but for the most part, now the whole class has each other's numbers and um, I'm doing this, right? Like I'm going to interview a student on Friday morning who uh, I just want to hear how she's doing and, and she will, she said she'd be willing to come on the show. So nice. yeah, that's how I'm staying in touch. Nice. Um, okay. So he, what's a new skill or a tool that you've mastered or that you're experimenting with in this area in this era that you'd like to share so along with zoom and getting to which is not that hard well but you know if it's something you've never done before here's the thing with the zoom is all these meetings i've been a part of Mm -hmm. i haven't had to like start a meeting be the host i'm sure it's just like create a meeting you know blah 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 did they create an account for each of you i don't know but we were able to go for more than an hour well, that's uh, your that's your host's account. They must have a, a premium or business. Maybe, or yeah. Because well, yeah, maybe because I was on a, just a meeting with some admin yesterday, so they 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 started it, so they had access to it. But. I have a personal Zoom that's not through my school, mm-hmm. so if you need one, you can use my personal. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, so using Zoom has been a new thing I've, I've mastered. I learned how to use a riveting tool. Yeah, tell us about that. 
I've been home and I've had this I've had this home project I've been wanting to work on for three years now since I we moved here and um, when we get a lot of rain mm -hmm. it all kind of floods to the backyard and it kind of a lot of it just kind of pools up in one corner so I'm trying to divert a lot of the rain that gets in there um, off the roof and so I'm putting in gutters uh, in Arizona uh, just to kind of move water away from the from the crib yeah um, and so I learned how to use a riveting tool it wasn't that hard uh, well, I always wanted one I just never needed one and now that I have a project I went and got the tool and needed got it got the cheap one from from Harbor Freight you know got we got the oh yeah didn't I didn't need, realize didn't need that. a fancy one just oh. a riveting tool yeah get in there you know and it actually came with a bunch of rivets that came with it so you didn't buy extra stuff but oh that's funny so that's been a really cool tool because you can just put two pieces of something together and forever. Well, and and talk about the podcast equipment. You went and, with my <laughs> approval, of course, uh, <laughs> you went and got all this cool microphones and stuff. And, um, so and that the, was last, funny enough, that was last boom. Thursday. We got a microphone, we got a boom, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have now a karaoke mic if we ever want to do in-home karaoke. Because we need to practice because we're going to have to throw down with uh, my vice president eventually. Or because it's the end of the world and we're going to need to do something <laughs> more time. And we can't share the mic because if, if we do, it's just going to spread the germs. So. Well, we can, you and I, but yeah. not no one else. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, so learning how to, I mean, learning how to use this microphone equipment, learning how to get it all set up is pretty cool. It is cool. Um, and yeah, we didn't have to go to, didn't have to do too much to figure it out. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Plug it in, plug it out. Um, I was always, I was always comfortable with Zoom. I've used Zoom for the last two years as a, one method to interview people through the Oral History Project. Yeah. I also used it to record lectures and training sessions for my students. So I happen to have access to the longer wait, the longer time, the ability Score. to record. Yeah. So I really lucked out with Zoom already. But I'm, I'm suspicious of Zoom. I'm suspicious of Google. Um, as you know, I'm like intellectually concerned about the idea that like the brightest minds in the universe are just dumping everything they yeah. know into these like third party corporate sites like Zoom and Google. And so I worry about that. I do. But, you know, what are you going to do? Right. You got to yeah. you got to dance with the devil sometimes. So mm. um, Zoom, Google, uh, I've never done a Google Hangout Meet until this week. Those are super easy. Um, but I want to brag Tell about the skills and tools that I'm developing. Um, well, the tools I'm using and the skills I'm developing. So because we've decided to launch a podcast, I, um, like you said, I, with your approval, I purchased some recording equipment. So last week I asked um, my, my co-founder of the Oral History Project if we could get into the library studio and borrow some of the, uh, some of the equipment, like the microphone and the boomstick. <clears throat> and he said that it because the library is a partnership with the city. Mm -hmm. So the library itself was closed. The studio is owned by our campus, but um, the equipment in there, majority of it is owned by the Storytelling Institute. Yeah. So he's a storyteller. So we would have been able to figure that out. But it was a matter of getting into the into the studio that was was too complicated. So I just did a little research and I found that um, the Samsung not Samsung, Samsung uh, microphone pack Samsung. was like the best in terms of usability. And it came with like a $20 upgrade. I could do like the, the bundle where it came with like the boomstick and the pop filler and the, the stand. Um, <clears throat> and so I thought, well, I know it's, a, I know it's our own personal money for work related thing, but like you're not spending it on gas right now. Well, and like I, I would love to have a home studio, right? Like I would love to be able to conduct oral histories from from home sometimes, if necessary, or be able to travel with it if I need to go to someone else's house. Yeah. And so I thought it was the right choice. Um, so I'm really liking the equipment. And then yes, no Monday, mm. I learned how to cut audio in Audacity. Snap. And before I did that, I had to learn how to convert audio from mp3 or mp4 into a wave file so that audacity could read it because i don't have a mac i have a pc yeah. and i love my pc so don't try and talk me out of it and so um that was cool like learning how to use audacity and knowing that this is another way that i can stay in contact with students and and, and people that i i now have this additional tool so audacity is free it's a great um it's not necessarily easy 
to work with if you have no idea about editing. But you can learn. But what took me five hours on Monday took me an hour and a half on Tuesday. So I was able to learn and, and, and work with it. That's good. Okay, so um, I have two questions for you about normalcy, Cody. Uh, I'm really concerned about people going crazy in their homes, <laughs> people people feeling dis- disconnected yeah. from each other and from the universe. And um, as you know, last the week be- before, you know, 11th to the 17th, those days were hard for me, but things changed for me on the 18th. Th- things were different. Mm. And so part of that was because I found a way to establish a sense of normalcy. No. So I want to know what you've been doing to feel normal. Um, to feel normal, been what have I been doing? I've been, you know, nothing. I just treat every day like it's a like it's a Saturday almost, you know, and um, do things around the house and check in on work. Um, I know we have, we're supposed to be working from home, so I you know check in emails every day and 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 working on that for the for during my. Typical work hours. Do you think they're going to make you do office hours? I, I don't know. Hmm. It'd be cool if we did, though. Yeah, my I'll sister's doing that. They're they're doing. They have four hours a day. They have to split as office Good. hours. Yeah, there's something. It's cool. Um, so to make make things normal, I mean, still going out and doing things, and I'm still going to, you know, get a soda pop at the Quick Trip every once in a while, and yeah, um, you know, just kind of treating every day like it's normal. Um, what am I doing normal? You know, just well, like how are you ho- still doing chores around the house and still, yeah, you know, cleaning up and stuff because it's got to get done and it also gives you something to do and it gives you to think, think of something else. But yeah, not watching too much news and the noise also. Yeah, you can't. No, uh, I try to watch a little bit here and there just to kind of, but it's not enough to to make me want to to make me believe everything's all all better and stuff like that. So, um. Just, you know, stick doing doing every day like it's a Saturday almost, and that's that's interesting. So yeah. with that, you know, this podcast and this blog project is called More and More Every Day mm. because a week ago you told me that you were feeling less and less like a teacher every day, and so yeah. to counter that, we thought, what what can we do to feel more like teachers, to feel feel more invested in education and in our students, and so. What are you doing or how, what has happened in the last couple of days that has helped you feel more like a teacher? You know, we had to have, we had to have a staff meeting on Monday um, where we got a little bit of direction mm-hmm. about what to do now. And that's helped a lot because that was like, okay, here's our plan. We're going to do this. Uh, we're going to reach out to every family make sure that they either have access or can or they need access and find out the list of students that need or have access. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of, because I mean... The, the break was scheduled to the, to the end of the week anyways, but we have to get something ready by next week so that we're ready to go because, um, you know, so we're just kind of planning ahead. So that way on Monday, starting next week, um, school's going to remain, the building's going to remain closed, but we'll just be working from home. Yeah. Um, so more and more, I guess, would be like that now we're getting back in the groove of things and we're, um, you know, we have expectations of things to do every day, and, which is great. You know, we're meeting every day. and That helps. Yeah. Yeah, I helpful. agree. The meetings. Isn't that funny? We complained about the meetings until all of a sudden they stopped. And now we're like, I need, I need to meet. No. I need meetings. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm going to be zooming in on these. I'm just going to zoom this on my phone. And you know you can turn off your video. Yeah. You can like just well, set a, fo- a photo of yourself so that people don't need to. See my home. See what you're doing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like um, normalcy for me, again, last Wednesday I woke up and I ordered all this mic- microphone equipment and was like, screw this, I'm going to start interviewing people from home because I can't, I can't not interview. It's like, I'm an oral historian. I have, mm-hmm. I have to interview people to feel like I'm producing something. Um, so I woke up on Wednesday, the 18th, and I had a Zoom meeting at 10. And I uh, ordered all this stuff that morning, like at 8. And I downloaded like I downloaded a list of things you need to start a podcast, and that was like okay, I have a project mm-hmm. now, right? And then I think the the key thing, and it's so silly, but I got fully dressed in my work clothes. I put on you know trousers and a really pretty blouse and um, big earrings and high heels, and I walked into the into the dining room as if it was my office like I'm going to work now right and it changed my whole perspective it got me out of the cloud a little bit out of that like 
doomsday. I'm going to be alone forever. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm someone who loves my job so much that if I didn't have it, I would, I would genuinely be sad, you know, like mm-hmm. it would feel like a breakup. Yeah. Wouldn't just be the scare and the fear of losing, losing your income. Right. Like it would feel like I lost something I loved and that was a part of me. That stinks. Yeah. And so doing what I can at home to feel like it's still a part of, like I am still a part of it and it's still, it's still my career. You know, I, it, it was really special. I think the first, you know, that first seven days was such a cloud of like, I'm just home all the time. I should be using this time. I should be writing because, you know, I've been writing a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a book. But like my brain was so mushy, hmm. you know, like you can't sit down and like write about ancient, you know, canal systems of South Phoenix dug by the Hohokam if you're like panicking about going to the grocery store. They're more important <laughs> like, things like in life. hierarchy, right? So like I think there was also a sense of like guilt and shame that I wasn't using the time well. That instead yeah. I was sort of like floating around the house crying and talking on the phone and being upset. And and so I think Wednesday was like, I'm going to feel normal. I'm going to make this feel normal. Yeah. And that has helped. Um, more and more like a teacher. I, see, I, I feel disconnected from my students. I feel a sense of loss over the oral history project and over this, the school's 40th anniversary. But I, um, because this semester I had so many classes online and the classes I did have face-to-face were smaller and pretty intimate and I knew every single student very well, um, I have felt like a teacher consistently. I think people look to me for guidance. People look to me to say, this is what we're going to do next, right? And I know that that's true about all our teachers. Like, everyone's looking for our teachers at higher in higher ed and you know and in k through 12 to to lead the way now show us what to do mm-hmm. with these kids that are you know in our homes for the next eight weeks like help us and so i i feel like a teacher but i think i think this project keeps it going you know I yeah. think there's still steam there so <clears throat> it's amazing how we just sat in the library that morning and you were talking about feeling less and less like a teacher and when i was writing up that first blog post describing our conversation and trying to think of like, what do we call this initiative? Like, what do we, what do I title it? Like South Phoenix Oral History Project interviews teachers or teaching in the COVID-19 era. Yeah. But I really like this concept of we're going to actually, we're going to feel more like teachers after this. Yeah. We're going to be better at this than we were before. Yeah. yeah. Because we have to. Yeah, you're right. We people look to us for, for leadership and guidance and what to do. Just, yeah. Because parents aren't teachers for a lot of times. Well, and, and some of them could be, and many of them can't be, and that's okay. Many of them are, yeah. But not all of them. <clears throat> so, only a couple more questions, just, just sort of short. Do you have a quote or a mantra that has inspired you or helped you get through all this uh, right now? Oh, no, I don't. I'm not uh, a quote person either, so... I don't either. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've seen a few quotes sent to me, like in memes or whatever. But um, I think that to me, it's like the sun will come up tomorrow. The sun will come up tomorrow. Sun always rises. So yeah. That's probably when I was like, "That's yeah, gonna come up tomorrow. We're gonna be doing it all over again, and it's gonna be fine." Yeah, I think mine. If anything, um, I love that. I love that. Uh, I'm gonna say, <laughs> cut that out. Um, <laughs> I think I like that quote by Abraham Lincoln that's like, give me five hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend four sharpening my axe. Yeah. I've always loved that quote, but I don't necessarily know if it pertains to this moment in time because mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are sharpening any axes. Oh, before. I'm sharpening my saw. Well, we're sharpening our saws, but we're doing it while we're cutting down the tree. Like, no one's, no one's like, let me sit back for, you know, let, let me sit back for 90% of this eight-week quarantine or however long it lasts and think about and prepare for how we're going to do it. Like we all just started doing it. And I do think, you know, our extended spring break, your extended spring break is a part of that. I think we're supposed to be sharpening our axes, right? Get this ready so that we're not doing more damage. But I also think that like life has urgently moved on. Yeah. You know, and and we're going to look back on this era and and marvel at some of the things people were able to accomplish. Like podcasts. <clears throat> well, I don't know about that, but 
I don't know if people will marvel. <laughs> wow, look what they've done. <laughs> wow, they sat in their house and talked to each other. So um, we're planning on interviewing other students and teachers for however long this lasts. My goal truly is to average an interview a day. I don't know if that means we're going to... Well, I don't know what we're going to do with that content because you can't produce an interview a day. Two a week would probably... Or produce a podcast a day. Two a week would probably break us, but we'll figure it out. So what's a question for students or teachers that you're hoping to hear about? Hoping to hoping to hear from yeah like when we interview question uh, when we interview students and teachers what's something you hope that we're able to to get from them um, I, I I hope to hear some positives from what like why this is good because I mean I got a few messages from parents that are saying that like you know that the, the kids were doing fine uh, they're actually enjoying the break they were, the kids are kind of tired and they are just kids you know and, yeah and they, that so maybe there's some positives out of there that everybody's gonna be coming back well rested and refreshed and um and uh, hopefully we can get a chance for for parents to get to get caught up too and i and I, maybe maybe parents are liking the time i don't know i think some are yeah. i do i I'm, i've spoken with that was another thing that happened last week on that wednesday was i talked with a student who i thought this was so sad like so doom and gloom right like i was just so blue and i talked with her on the phone and she she had a completely different perspective she was like i'm She's a mom, and um, she lives with her parents. So they've got multiple generations of this one home. And she said, I'm so grateful for this time that mm-hmm. I'm getting with my family. I've never had this time kind of time before. Yeah. You know, and as teachers, I think we assume people get regular time with their families because we get summer vacation and Christmas vacation. Um, but they don't. Yeah. You know? Um, what, do you, what do you think are some things that you want? Um, I'm with you that I want to hear positives, but I'm also, um, I want to know some of the struggles too. I think as Americans, we tend to put a positive spin on a lot of things and we don't want to complain because, you know, like you said, our our foot's not being cut off. Like we're not being tortured here. Like we're being home alone, but there's also this aspect of like, I hope people who are struggling mentally or emotionally or if they're if they're having a really difficult time with their families, right? Like if there's if there's um, a dangerous situation at home, which many people face, right? I don't know if I want to be the person that they share that with, but I hope they find ways to get support and resources in this era of isolation. So I, I want to hear the positives, but I also want to hear real authentic stories of struggle like what's what has been difficult you and i right now week three of this beginning of week three in my mind we really haven't struggled no at all like we we like each other we get along we have stuff to do we aren't losing our jobs we have we live in a nice home we have a great neighborhood where we can walk like we we have been lucky yeah and it's not fair for us to assume that everybody else is feeling that lucky, right? Yeah. So I hope people can trust me and they trust you and they trust mm. us to, to share the stuff that has been a challenge in a way that feels safe for them. Yeah. Um, okay. Last thing, plugs. Uh, where can people find you if they want to find, do you want to give your email address uh, or just find, me, find, find you through me? Just find me through you. I, I don't know. I don't have any Facebook or Twitters yeah. or no. no Insta. I don't have any personal Facebook, Twitter, or Insta, but people can find both of us really through the South Phoenix Oral History Project. I'm on Google. You can Google my name. You can Google Something Cody. Something shows up. Yeah. So um, you can Google us, but if you want to get in touch there's with- There's no way to get a hold of me with that. Just, you can just find me. <laughs> just a picture of you and a picture of some of your family members. Yeah. So um, I, on the other hand, am easier to find. You can find me at southphoenixoralhistory.com. My in, uh, email information is there. You can also follow our Instagram at SMCC. Is it SMCC History? Oh. I gotta check that, actually. I should know that, shouldn't you I? should know that. Well, you know, it's been a few days. Well, I, I just, I mean, I've had the Insta forever, but, um, Insta. you know, it's just hard to, it's hard to remember. Yeah, SMCC History. So SMCC is South Mountain Community College. So you can follow us on Instagram. We'll post every single day that we interview or blog. Um, and uh, the SouthPhoenixOralHistory.com web address can also get you to my email. 
And my email is summer.sherland, C-H-E-R-L-A-N-D, at southmountaincc.edu. Dang. All right. Cody, we did it. We got our first one done. We got our first one done. In the books. What do you think? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> do you think it's interesting? I think it's groundbreaking. I don't know if it's groundbreaking. I think it's it's interesting. I think it's good. I think it's... Um, I think it's been fun. It's been fun to kind of to, to sit here and talk to you and with a microphone. I, I all I can think about is I want to go back and hear it now. Oh, you can't wait to hear yourself talk. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear all the times I drop my pen or, or move the, my shoes around, or the birdie dog was running around. Yeah. Well, we did it in less than an hour. We'll have to edit some of this out. So the target for our podcast tends to be between like, well, they, they say to shoot for a commute, but no one's commuting. <laughs> so no. 30 minutes to 45 minutes and we're less than an hour. So oh I think gosh. we did okay. Shoot for the commute. That's All right. Good. Well, it was good talking to you. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in the kitchen. See you in the kitchen. <laughs> All right. Bye, Summer. Bye, Faith. You can find us at SouthPhoenixOralHistory.com, on Instagram at SMCCHistory, or send us an email at HistorySouthMountain at gmail.com. Music provided by Jake and Emily Speck.